Good morning, VA! Wait, that's not the show? Wrong? No. <laughs> no. But well done, Adrian Cronauer. This is the Adrian Cronauer. The weather forecast today is hot and shitty, <laughs> followed by more. Thank you, Walter. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, episode, I forget, lowest count of 90 feet apart. Ah, what a great day it is today. What day is it today? I think it's June 22nd, yeah. So that's the episode, 22 June episode. 22 June episode, we'll just call it that. Oh man, it's good to be back. You know why today's a great day? Tell me. Because even though we haven't seen them since May 4th, if you divert your eyes into the uh, 2005 Murin Boulevard Studios to your left, my (laughs) right, right in between the TVs, what do you see hanging up there? Uh, that would be uh, Tyler O'Neill's jersey. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. It is his birthday today, so even and though... And he's 27, and his number is 27. Yeah, weird. even though weird. Cardinal Nation wishes him not good, but uh, hopefully he can make a recovery. I don't wish him to have any ill. I said Cardinal I like Nation. You're yeah. the individual. Yeah. Cardinal Nation, for whatever Cardinal Nation. Yes, that's like. true. I don't wish any bad on any players, but I do hope he can get healthy, and if he goes elsewhere, just... Has a good career. When, when he well, when he goes <laughs> elsewhere. But uh, anyways, happy birthday to him. If he's listening, he's probably not doing anything Happy else. birthday to you. To me? Yeah. It's not your birthday, but I just thank you. make you feel better. You know, how come people, why do people always say happy birthday? You only have one birthday. Isn't it the anniversary of the day of your birth? It is. Happy anniversary of your birth. Thank hey, yeah. Or it's the anniversary of not dying. Oh, well, that's every day. You get, well, every day you live, you, you die a little more. That's so depressing. That's deep. <laughs> deep. So you're saying don't go on a sup? Never mind. Um, I don't. I saw in a movie one day. He said the day you were born, you started dying. I mean, he's not wrong, <laughs> but I'm, holy I'm, glass half empty, Batman. I'm, I'm kind of depressed right now. I don't know if I want to do the show. You. you know what was not depressing <laughs> this week? What's that? Week? The Cardinals. They weren't. Surprisingly, Shockingly, it was good. I was you know? great. Um, it was fun. So four and two over the last week since last we met. I like Series it. wins against the Mets and the Nats. Uh, now in that four and two run, both those losses were tagged against Miles Michaelis, which kind of sucks for him. Despite his, you know, he had a good start. His last start is that alarming that it was against Miles or just the way the cookie crumbled? Uh, I think it was just the, the way, way it cookie crumbled. But he did. He has not had a good uh, June. He had a really good May. You know, April was really bad. Um, May, he was really good, and now June, he struggled just a little bit, although, like I said, his outing the, uh, yesterday was not all that bad. I mean, he pitched seven innings, gave up two runs, so it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, he just didn't have offensive support to back him up. Yeah. So during that stretch, Wayno picked up win 198. Oh, he's, he's close. closer to 200. Do you, you think he keeps going after he gets 200? Surely he does. I don't think he's the kind of guy that would quit midseason. No, I think he should because I think he's kind of got that Forrest Gump mentality when he ran to one ocean. He's like, well, came this far. Might as well keep <laughs> on well going. run to the other one. And then he gets to – that was just so bad. That was a terrible <laughs> – I don't even know what that was supposed to be. That was fantastic. That was like Forrest Gump meets like South London. It was like a <laughs> London accent. You're like, oh, you sound like you're from London. <laughs> Speaking of London, anyway, it's a Cockney. It's a <laughs> Forrest Gump. 
Isn't that the person who sits in the back of rowing? No, that's a coxman. No, it's coxswain. 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 Yeah, I believe so. Swain. 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 Not swing. S- not swing. Swain. Yeah. Coxswain. So uh, <laughs> we are off subject, sir. That's fine. It's good radio. Uh, so what else? Uh, t- uh, Jordan Hicks looked really good. Ah, he looked sharp. Uh, had picked up a couple saves. Back-to-back nights as well. I liked it because um, it was challenging with the fast, but it looked like uh, from what I was watching and reading, he was throwing back to his heat and just challenging he hitters. Was, man. So he picked up saves in games two and three of the Mets series. Um, and the, the first game that he picked up saves in, I uh, picked up a save in, which is the game that Wayno pitched, uh, just peppering balls, 104 sinker. He finished off the game with a 104-mile-an-hour sinker that broke about three feet from – Center cut down to the the back ankle of the batter. I mean, it was just absolute filth. As a hitter, when you know that's coming, I mean, do you? What are your chances of even just trying to foul that ball off? None. I mean, anything. I mean, it looked like honestly, it looked like because we get. I still have to have this debate because you think a screwball is the opposite direction. It's not. It's no, I, what screwball no. thrown by a right hander breaks in towards a right handed. Yes. I was talking about a cut fastball. Well, then you said a screwball does the same thing. No, you argue. said a screwball. Gosh, I, I can't even. I said it do. breaks opposite, opposite of a curveball and a cut fastball. No, we can go back and listen to it. A right-hander throwing a cut fastball breaks to the left, not to the right. That breaks away from a right-hander. That's the same direction that a curveball breaks. I Screwball goes the opposite direction. Correct. It goes right. to whatever. We're, we're, I digress. Gosh, uh, you couldn't hit it anyways if it's fast. Facts, facts. <laughs> but what I was gonna what I was gonna say is that Hicks sinker that he threw in that particular case, the movement on it looked like the movement that would happen with a slider, a really hard slider, breaking in on a left hander. But it broke the opposite direction. It was just absolutely disgusting. You mean like the slider that? Um... Reyes gave up two years ago in the playoff game. No, that's that, that didn't slide. No, it was a slider, didn't slide. Yeah. That was just a. It was on a tee. That was, was a, a spinner, as they call a it. Spinner. Yeah, that was a. That had a sign on it that said, "Hit me as far as you can." Yeah, hit me as far as you can, even though you didn't start the game. So with Hicks, um, so both those games he came in in the ninth, and we know the car the Cardinals don't have a um, penchant for using. Or using the closer role in the traditional closer role, you know, Hells they, they say it's at the most pivotal point, the highest leverage point. But Hicks coming in back to back days in the ninth, closing out the game. Is he the new closer? I think he is until somebody takes it away from him, or he just gets wild again. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I, it has to be his right now because he, he in the last couple of weeks he's looked the most dominant at it, and at yeah. the one like at the end of the game, I sure don't want Gallegos there. No. I don't want. I don't want him in the night. No, I, I don't mind. Having, I like him I six seven. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when I don't want got, him in the night. No, I don't either. But uh, I think yeah, Hicks has to be it until he proves that he can't. And but I look at this as a good thing. So now, if you take maybe Helsley back into not so much maybe a presser situation or like a seventh eighth, yep. you got guys that are just throwing smoke right at people. That's a if you can get your starter to There's go six or seven. On that team. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of smoke. I, li- I, was- I like Hicks in that role. I, I know too. people were calling for his release earlier this year, but that, that guy's got electric stuff when he's on, and he's back to just bringing heat. You know, less sliders, more sinkers, fire away, throw strikes. And, stuff moves so damn much. Just, I mean, and on a, at the end of the day, if 
you know, your Jordan Hicks or whoever that throws that hard. At the end of the day, if somebody hits 103 or 104 mile an hour fastball out of the ballpark, you tip your hat and you can live with that. It's when you throw something off speed and you speed up the, you know, it's, you speed up the other player's bat and it's not your best pitch. Then you got to, I would question that, but. Or you don't have control of it and you spike it consistently and throw wild pitches with it. Right. So, uh, same thing over that weekend too, Arenado comes up and hits two home runs on Father's Day. Who's a, you know, he's a, a new he's a new father. dad, yeah. yeah. So Good for that, him. That was special. Um, so he's he's been hitting the ball pretty well. So that that gave him an eight seven win in a game. Honestly, because uh, they gave up a five one lead in that game, and they got to seven seven, and that's the kind of game this year that they have lost over and over again. I did not, and you know how I feel about uh, Arenado in late entering pressure situations coming yeah. through. You're not I a did fan. Not see that coming. No, I was I was happy for him. I was like, it's about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> it was long overdue. There was someone I was going to say. But and look out now. He's got 15 home runs. He's tied for the team lead with uh, the other Nolan. And I think he's uh, 50 some RBI. I think he's top RBIs. three National League RBIs. RBIs. He's on pace for another 30 homers, 100 he, RBIs. He all qui- that up and down. He quietly gets them. It's like, I don't get it. I mean, it's like, you know, you look at it, it's just, he's like so. Like you said, up and down, but his RBI and homer production is just gradually all the time it's yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, that's just the level of – he's like a silent killer, the level of consistency, <laughs> you know. Maybe uh, – I, I don't know what it is. He has uh, quietly put together another strong season. Uh, Indeed. Which, at points, you're going, my, that, one, that low point he hit was bad. I mean, that dude wasn't hitting anything. But when you're that low, when you're on rock bottom, there's only one way you can go. That's very optimistic. And that's up. Yeah, See the way you tried to bring us down at the beginning yeah, of the show. I'm <laughs> trying to go up with it. Way to it. go, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> sunshine, um, lollipops. So in the Washington series, uh, Flaherty started the first game, got roughed up in the first inning. Actually, first two innings. Eight out of the first 11 batters reached base, but he settled down and kind of gritted through it, which you like to see, and gave him seven innings. So it wasn't necessarily a quality start, but he gave him quality innings. Did you say gritted? Gritted. Gritted through yeah, it. I like that. Gritted I'm going to use like that. Gritted. It's like a grit grind all at the same time. Put his teeth together <sighs> and gritted and said, God, i got to get innings. Here. God, I suck. Yeah. But then he didn't suck. Like innings three through, I don't know, six. So, you know, can I tell you a quick story about that game? Why not? Because, why, uh, why wouldn't I? I'll tell you why I wouldn't because it's not a good story. No, <laughs> it is a great story. Um, so, that was one of the – Sherry, obviously Sherry, friend of the show, my wife. <laughs> Uh, She's the set designer. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> she hasn't been watching the Cardinals like we usually do in the summertime based on well, their performance. Neither of you. I, but I've had it on and I follow it. Yeah. But so I got her convinced, you know, it was Monday. It was a, the Juneteenth holiday. Happy late Juneteenth, by the way. Back at you. Thank you. And I was like, sure, let's watch the game. Turn it on and we'll see what happens. So that was her first game she has watched in probably, I don't know, call it a month or about, we'll say six weeks. And it was Flaherty just getting jacked and yeah. or getting ripped, and she's like, "Well, I'm. I guess I'm done for. I got enough to do." Six weeks. <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, Jack." Yeah, what do you, Jack? Just when I was getting ready to go back to the ballpark, but well, oh well. They, they did. Uh, they did win eight six in that game. A couple home runs, uh, one by Goldie, one by Brendan Donovan, and uh, Hicks picked up another save in that. So he had three saves over this. Oh. How, Six games. How clutch was that home run by Donovan? That went a long way. Yeah. When he hit that, I was like, when "Good he, God!" When he hit some period. He hit some pretty good for yeah. a little fella. He's yeah, probably, it's for probably a little my fella. size. That's probably why his helmet always falls <laughs> off his head. 
I'm gonna start get. I'm gonna make a suggestion, like bring a chin strap, like could do a little league. He swings hard, but I want him to keep his helmet on. Yeah, he, he needs something there. Maybe it's too small. Maybe he's got a giant head. I think it's that uh, headband he wears. He'd make a great bobblehead. When are they gonna do Brendan Bonne- Donovan bobblehead? And if they do it. They got to make it so that the the hair swags stay. back. No, the yeah. helmet doesn't the, stay on. Oh, where the helmet's falling off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of course. Make the helmet just the bobble. Speaking, yeah, exactly. Speaking of bobbleheads, are you going to the Yankees Cardinals next weekend? Yes, I am. Can you snag me if you can one of those Roger Maris I will bobbleheads? Punch, I will punch a kid in the back of the head and take one. Good. <laughs> kid deserves it. Life's hard. Get used yeah, to it, kid. Suck it up. Yeah, I'll, gra- I'll grab one. Thank you. Um. So in the second game of that series, Cards won nine three. So real all, all around good game. Jordan Montgomery pitched great, seven innings, only one earned run. Dylan Carlson popped a couple of home runs along with Pauly D. Uh, even Contreras, who has struggled badly lately, had three hits in that game. Uh, so, but then in the final game of the series yesterday, Cards dropped at three nothing. Rain soap yuck game. It was yucky. It was yuck. But you know what? Suck it up, guys. The other team the had other to play team, in it. The other team scored three runs in it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so they. The go away game, they I think they missed a golden opportunity to sweep Take the series. A sweep, sure, um, you got to do that against these lesser teams. Yeah, especially against a really this. bad Nationals team. Michaelis actually, like I mentioned earlier, pitched pretty good, seven innings, uh, two earned runs, and now uh, two days off uh, as they wait and they they traveled over to London, the jolly old London, to London, England, to, to play the Cubs before they come back home to play the. Uh, this actually counts as, as part of their home. These are home games for them. For the Cardinals? Yeah, technically. It's a home game for them. Why wouldn't they make it a home game for the Cubs? Or are they going to do a one-on-one? No. Like, it's, no. It's so let me get this us. straight. Let, 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 let's think about this. Yeah. A fan base and a stadium that averages, I think, usually, what, 3 million fans a year? Yeah. With 81 home games, they're going to take two away from us yes. and not Chicago? Yes. Why can't they do one-on-one? Wouldn't that be fair? I don't know. And we lose one next year, too. Why does Rob Manfred hate baseball? Like Josh Why does he said, hate the Cardinals? I don't know. Um, he loves baseball because he wants to send it to the rest of the world, apparently. But he took two home games away from us. I'm not happy about it. Um, but then they'll come back and they'll play the Astros and the Yankees. But, yeah, off to London. What do you think about that? you think it's going to go over well, or do you think everybody over there is going to be like servicemen and women that are from the States or maybe? Uh, well, I know a lot of servicemen that are going to it over there. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, if you watch the World Baseball Classic, Great Britain. Great Britain. Their away jerseys were all. Oh, this is the worst jersey. Yet. I mean, that, that <laughs> was, was to say that was a bad major league level or international level jersey is, is an understatement. No. That's a bad jersey if for a downtown Friday night softball league. It yeah, was awful. It wasn't good. But I was reading about it and why it was. Apparently, baseball in Great Britain has zero funding, obviously, because right. rugby, cricket, sure. uh, football. Football. Uh, things like that are obviously going to be the dominating uh, sports, but. I remember, I think it was one of the USA games to where, or one of the games, I can't remember what it was, forgive me on that, where the Great Britain coaching staff was there, and if one of the teams won, they were automatically into the next World Baseball Classic, right. and they ended up winning, so Great Britain qualifies again for the next one. Yeah, so, so I, and that's where I was going with this. I think oh, I'm that, sorry. Uh, they picked up, I think that it's growing in popularity there. I know that Major League Baseball is doing some work, uh, sending some folks over there, ex-Major Leaguers to do instructional series over there to help with, uh, you know, getting the youth uh, uh, in England. I got a Tom Amansky video with, that I could send them. With Tom, with Fred McGriff yeah. pointing at you? Yeah, with his goofy <laughs> billboard hat on? Absolutely. Um, so, Behind the water. So, yeah, I think, I think it'll go over well. I mean, I don't think it's the – this isn't the first time we've, they've played in London, is it? Uh, I don't know. 
I honestly I don't know. I can Google They've it right over. now. You know, it's like doing like the NFL does. They're, I think MLB is always in catch-up mode from the NFL, quite frankly. I think they're more forward-thinking. Um, so a couple things with regards to how the Cardinals have played of late. So, so Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker's got Ooh. a 13-game hitting streak, which as of right now is the longest hitting streak in the majors because Otani was ahead of him, but Otani went hitless last night. So his, his hit streak of 14 snapped. Um, he's leading the team with a 303 batting average right now, and he's second on the team with 851 OPS. So he is, he's hitting the ball pretty well. And over the last seven days, his OPS is 1287. That's over pretty good. the last good. 15 days, he's hitting 410 with an 1195 OPS. Correct. So the guy, since he's come up, has really hit the ball well. And it's not like, you know, let's be honest, when they sent him down. He wasn't murdering it, but he wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't He wasn't hitting for damage. Right, or power. But he was hitting 270, driving. I think, when he left, or 263. I can't remember. And that's pretty solid for a 20-year-old uh, rookie. Right, so he's got a 12-game hitting streak and a 13-game hitting streak this year. Do we know um, why they sent him down? Because they wanted him to lift the ball more. Why? So did well, I mean? Did it did it fix his swing? Well, he said he went back to. We talked about it on one of the shows. He tried to do it, and he was hitting abysmally down in AAA, yeah. and then he just went back to what he was doing, and now he's driving the ball. Yeah, so, so, so I don't know that it fixed his swing, as I say that with air quotes, or did it just get his mind right? Yeah, could have been. I I don't know, but I mean, this guy has the looks right now of a superstar. In, in the making. And I don't care how many home runs he hits, but he just looks like a superstar. Yes. And honestly... Well, he looks like Morgan Freeman. Well, he does look like Morgan Freeman, and he looks like a Vietnam vet. But... Um, <laughs> 20. It does. But, I, you know, I'm more excited. love Paul Goldschmidt, but I'm more excited to see Walker play first base and then just start raking. So, so that's where I was going to take this. Um, do I keep taking is, your transitions? You do. No, it's all good. It's, it's called <laughs> segue, sir. It's our show. Uh, What's I was an instructor. It's a transition. Yeah. <laughs> You're the color commentator. I'm the play-by-play guy. Oh, fly ball uh, <laughs> caught. <laughs> they don't call him the best in the business for nothing. Um, so he's he struggled in the outfield. He has taken he's some bad routes. Good. He has not looked smooth. Um, and, and granted, he hasn't played the outfield very long. They just moved yeah. in there last year. So you know, and did you get your shot at the major league level? Right. Good yeah, luck, I mean, kid. Hey, yo, you see how it works out. <laughs> and not only that, remember when he was up here before on opening day, where were we watching him? In right field. In right center field. And now he's in left field. Um, so, oh, yeah. So he's learning two positions at the major league level. So so it begs the question, where's his future at? It has to be first base. I think so. It has to be because what Goldschmidt, so with, even with the trade talk that we talked last show, Goldschmidt has one more year here I read a report they don't that, trade him. Uh, I read a report that said, um, according to the front office, he's completely off limits. They're not trading him. Yeah, that's probably just people trying to create newspaper selling stories which is fine but i i think goldie well let me ask you this is goldie going to re-sign here or are they going to offload him what in your own humble opinion for the 20 we'll say 2020 after 2024 or is so, jordan walker so the next future year will be really interesting yeah, if, if they say will. they're keeping him around this year is not he's, he's off limits for trade so next year with his contract expiring he becomes very interesting as a trade piece Yes, he does because uh, I don't think you don't can think hold you Jordan Walker. Well, then you don't bring him back. You don't right. sign him at thirty-eight for yeah for what three years and then keep Jordan Walker for down again. No, no. no. I mean Paul, thanks for doing what you did. Sorry we couldn't get you to a World Series, but yeah. I think he's here next. I think he's here next year, and if the Cardinals are in it, they keep him and he and he plays, and then he you know he goes he leaves signs somewhere for somewhere two he years. goes to be a DH for a while. 
Um, is he Cooperstown? He's close. He's borderline. Yeah, I'd say I, so. but that's probably a, a discussion, discussion for one another. Day for I was just, I just thought of it. What does a Hall of Famer look like now? Oh, I like I think it. From the status of a pitcher, it's drastically different than what it was before. I agree with you. Anyway, sorry, for didn't bring that up. So yeah, I agree with you. I think his future lies at first base without question. I think the transition there will be easier. Somebody's gonna say, "Well, he's, then he's learning another position." Yeah, but he came up as a third baseman. Third and first are not that drastically different. Yeah, you know, the only good part about first is when you feel it being hit to you that hard, you can just run to the bag yeah. instead of throwing yeah. it across I mean, the it's, diamond. It's, you know, learning communication, learning how plays, how you take cutoffs and all that kind of stuff, where you're supposed to be on the field. Yeah. And Paul Goldschmidt's one of the smartest players in all of Major League, if not the smartest. Good person he's, to learn from. He's always in position, following trailing plays. I mean, he's just a really smart ball player. And just so, an overall good guy. Oh, he's stellar. Yeah, they did that Cardinals uh, fundraiser out of Top Golf that they do every year. Yeah, he goes around to every single bay of just civilian or people that bought tickets. Yeah, and he says, "Well, they paid tickets. It's my job to go meet all the fans." He goes to every single bay of Top Golf. He's a good person. Yeah. Um, speaking of other good people, me? No, Tyler O'Neill, the guy that looks like you. Oh, Polly D. I'm wearing his jersey just for you today. I appreciate that. Paul of the Young. One of these days, I'm going to dress up in his jersey and try to just walk in the players' entrance. <laughs> uh, so Paul the Young, you know, he started off the year red hot. He's cooled down a little bit. He's, I think, he's hitting 240. Last time I looked, I don't know what he, what he's at right now. You can look it up, but it's not that important. He's he's no. around 240. He's got 11 home runs. Um, and so. You know, the, the discussion over the winter was everybody, we had this great free agent shortstop market, and the Cardinals didn't go after anybody, right? Right. Well, we had Paul DeYoung, and everybody groaned when he said, oh, Paul DeYoung, we're going to give that guy a shot again after several years of sub-200. Well, of course, you were paying him $9 million. Right. Um, and, and we also obviously had Tommy at, at shortstop. So the, the free agent market that included Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, of all those guys... Who has the most home runs right now? Paul DeYoung. Yes, sir. With 11. All right. And he's we also- surveyed 100 people. <laughs> Show me Paul. Yes. Show me Paul DeYoung. Uh, and he's also leading an OPS. So, so my question to you, Pauly D, lookalike, is it time for Cardinal Nation to apologize to Paul DeYoung? No. I mean, yes, but they never will because they'll bring up the past in the two years or whatever that he wasn't producing, and for whatever reason, Cardinal fans hold a grudge and just decide to like and hate people on a limb, and I don't understand why. As being a part of Cardinal Nation, I, I don't get it. Like I said, I have people on the team that I'm not particularly, f- well, I say fond of their ball playing or whatever, don't know them. Maybe they're great people, but I, I don't know why sometimes a Cardinal fan just latch on to somebody, whether it's because you grind pepper or... You know, dive in the. I, you hate that, don't you? I do. It's so stupid because that's. Well, mm. do elbows. Well, we could get sandwich. we can get into that. Uh, we can get into that at one point too. But uh, it's like they grind pepper. I mean, Newbar's not a bad player, but it's like all of a sudden, just because he's a pepper grinder, everybody thinks he's batting four hundred. I like. I, like oh, I like him too. I didn't say I didn't. But is it time? Yes. To answer your question directly, yes, it is time. But you know, like I said, good for Paul for sticking with it, not getting down in the dumps for a couple. You know his slump and coming back out and playing, you know, like he had, what was it? 2020, 2019. He had a really good year. Had 30 home runs. Yeah. I mean, it, so when you have that potential, there's an all-star that you're, he was, and he had a great April and May. I remember that. Dude, here's the other thing that everybody forgets to talk about with Paul DeYoung. He's really good defensively. He is. He's got a really good arm too. He, he, he is your best all around shortstop on that team yes. when he's right. And he's, um, he doesn't. I, I think probably if you put Edmund there, he makes a few more spectacular plays from a range standpoint. 
but his arm strength Adam his doesn't arm have the arm good. strength. And Paul to do DeYoung it. is steady, yeah. just constantly steady. If he gets to a ball, he's making the play. He doesn't make dumb errors. He doesn't make bad throws. You know, I mean, everybody makes an error now and then, right? But he is a super steady. He's going to make your routine plays ninety nine point nine percent of the time. He's hardly ever going to spike a throw to first, or you know, he's he's always good on the turn with the four six uh, three stuff yeah. like that. He's not a bad ball player. Like I said, he's not flamboyant, showy, or anything like that. But he's just he's just kind of there when he's right. Now when he's not good at the plate, he's he's bad. So maybe that's the problem. There's no like happy media. When he's bad, he is bad. Yeah. He strikes out way too much. He does, but um, everybody doesn't. So the riddle now. me this, Batman. <laughs> okay. Um, if he has another strong month, let's say, and we get towards August or into July, I mean, is he the guy that you move? Especially if the things are not going well for the Cardinals, do you move him and go, "Hey, Mason, Wynn, come on up, bat ninth, uh, get major league experience"? Wouldn't be the worst thing. But again, like we talked about even in the last deal, who are you going to get for him? Because that's another great point. This well, is his last year, right? Package him up. You package him up in a deal with a couple other players as opposed to giving up a bunch of prospects. So you mean like package him up with, say, who's a Yankee shortstop? Uh, why are you going to ask me a hard question? No, I'm just trying to think. Is if the, you knew off the top of your head. Anthony Volpe? I think it is. Anyways, um, if you're talking about trade pieces and pieces them up and things like that, but yes, to answer your question, I think you would because I don't think there's any way they bring him back next year with Mason Wynn down in the majors. But again, it goes back to what you just said. How relevant is it going to be come the trade deadline? Because everybody knows the NL Central is awful. Is he sit, if he's sitting at 15 home runs, if the Cardinals are out of it and he's sitting at 15 home runs, hitting 250 or 16 home run, or something along those. Oh, he trade him. He's got trade value. He has 100% trade value. He's got, he's a rental to uh, a team, a club that's in the mix. Yeah, 100%. And Whether it, it's... It, takes, it takes one of these um, prospects off of the... Now, if we're trading prospects, that means we're trading for somebody who's going to help us now, though. So, I mean, I don't know how viable that is. The situation may not be right. But... You know, I could see him going, honestly, no, to help out in the wild card is Baltimore. Because there's some young players there you could trade and maybe get uh, a bullpen help or something like that. Yeah. I could see that I happening. I see Baltimore. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. I feel bad for them, and we will talk about that. But. So um, uh, that brings us to another, talking about trade rumors. See how I did that again? Yeah, he's a segue. Dude, you're <laughs> yeah. a master today. Yeah, so a- there's a lot of trade rumors out there in, in Cardinal Nation, uh, and actually not just in Cardinal Nation, in some of the other fan bases. And they're largely in fan bases, but there's also some sports writers that are putting things out there. What are you hearing about Tyler O'Neill? Latest I heard was he... Aside uh, from the fact that you heard he's not playing. Wow. But I, I heard last night he was hitting off the tee. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good for him. Um, I heard uh, the Yankees are interested in him um, to go play alongside his old teammate, uh, Bader. Wouldn't that be something? That would be. And I was so um, it's, it's interesting you say that. So last night we were at Golf League out on base. We'll bring us back around full circle. Um, there's a good good friend of mine out there. He's a Yankees fan. We talk baseball. He's good. He actually wants to be a guest on the show. And I said, well, I'll invite you as long as you're not an idiot. But he's a New York fan, so I don't know how. Uh, he's automatically. Yeah, he's automatically out. But anyways, we were talking, and he says he wants O'Neal bad. Because when he says Stanton's always hurt, and he just said, well. <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. But he goes, he goes I don't know why St. Louis uh, fans don't want him. I was like, yeah, he's hurt right now. But he goes, he's got everything. The, what you would think of a ball player speed and two-time gold gloves and all that stuff. And he goes, 
if Stanton were to get healthy and O'Neal comes back and swings, he goes, can you imagine the power in that lineup? With Judge as well. With Judge and all of that. I mean, because in that lineup, what, O'Neal bats sixth or seventh and could still hit you 30 from the seven hole? Yeah. And he's fast. I mean, I get it. He's had a bell wrap here with the Cardinals. But anyway, to answer your well, question. Well, brings you better defense. 100% brings you better defense because there's probably a couple balls on the outfield that are caught this year if he's out there. But anyways, that's a whole, you know, if grandma had balls, she'd be grandpa. But, um, well, maybe not in this day and age. Who knows? Wow. But um, <laughs> just say, <laughs> nerd alert. Um, but, yeah, I've heard uh, latest is O'Neal going to uh, the Yankees for uh, uh, a package. I didn't uh, I didn't figure out who the Yankees would give up um, for that deal. Young pitching. I'm assuming it's young pitching. We, it's not which is fine. Fine with me. We'll pick up somebody else. I heard, and then Brendan Donovan today, I heard, was a name drop. Yeah. According to an Associated Press. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. To go where? Oh, let me pull it back up real quick. Well, I, just I can had see it teams won him. Oh, yeah. He's super valuable. Um, uh, why are you looking that up? So I heard Guardians. Or I should say I heard. I read Guardians. They released a catcher today. Um, as a package deal for Shane Bieber, which I like. I like that idea. With uh, Luke and Baker and Alec Burleson. I'm okay Three with getting four. rid of both of them. I'm totally okay with that. Because neither one of them has a path to the majors in, in the Cardinals. With the Cardinals. No, because Alec Burleson, I mean, Alec Burleson can, I mean, if he's looking for a softball team to play with, I'd pick him up to hit dingers. Yeah, there's just, there's no, there's no path for him. Luke and Baker has no path to first base uh, in St. Louis with Jordan Walker ahead of him because, you know, as we already talked about, he's, right. he's the first baseman of the future. Burleson doesn't have a shot in the outfield. I mean, the outfield that they lined up the other day with Edmund in center, Newt Barr in left, and Carlson in right, all of a sudden the defensive look of that outfield went from awful over the last couple months, to really solid. Um, so I don't see Burleson cracking the lineup. And I, you know he hasn't been getting at bats at all lately, even coming off the bench. No, he's been getting very few looks. Uh, he should so probably at this bad. point he should probably go back down to the minors and get some swings into up his value. But I don't know who you'd bring up for him. I also uh, saw something on Twitter about uh, O'Neill going to the Orioles. I would love every minute of that. Um, really is. Uh, I, not knowing, we talked the other uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, we talked about Cedric Mullins being hurt and no timeline on his return because, as you know, groin injuries are terrible and it, you never know how they're going to pan out. But needing a long-term replacement for him. They signed Aaron Hicks to replace him, but Aaron Hicks, you know, released from the Yankees. He's, yep. he's probably not the answer. Nope. Uh, so maybe Tyler O'Neill is a possibility there. If, they, if that's the case, I want Tyler Walls. from. from the you ball. traded Tyler for a Tyler? <laughs> yeah, that guy is awesome. Yes. But they're not going to give him up, but that no. would be fantastic. No. So to go back to um, about Brendan Donovan, according yeah. to Jim Bowden of the oh, that guy's an asshole. <laughs> well, I, I, okay. Anyways, according to Jim Bowden of the, uh, the Athletic, uh, he says Donovan's versatility makes him attractive to every contending team. The Gold Glove winner has reached base um, at a 361 clip this season, and when the Cardinals yeah. call looking for pitchers upgrades. So it doesn't really have a potential yeah, team, but they could he's, maybe. He's got value. Right. Who doesn't have yeah, value? Of I course think he's got value. He's I got value. value. Uh, you know, Tommy Evans got value. Goldschmidt's got value. I mean, but, I mean, I can clean a dugout. I have value depending on what you want to do. I mean, I'll sweep up your seeds. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a break and you can sweep up this uh, area that we, we podcast in right here. What, somebody go to the bathroom? Maybe. I don't know. Oh. I don't smell it. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I need a refill anyway. All right, so let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is 90 Feet Apart with Chris Yeah. 
This is Johnny Fever, and this is WKR. Wait, no, wrong one. No, you're, <laughs> you really want to be in radio, don't you? That's yeah. yeah. You know, Johnny, speaking of that, it was a great show. Remember the glasses he had? Howard Hessman. I want a pair of those glasses that were just like the. Completely fogged. Yeah, like the sun sunburst. It was like a sunburst yeah. Les Paul or something. Like that was that. a great show. That was a great show. Did you ever see the Thanksgiving episode where they're oh, dropping? Yeah, dropping the frozen turkeys. <laughs> dropping the, these Cur- turkeys aren't flying. <laughs> it's it's massacre. Why don't they that? make shows that like that again? That was Les Nesman reporting. Yeah, Les Nesman. Why can't they make shows like that again? I don't. That was some really good writing. I couldn't even tell you a single show on network television because they're just they're awful. I don't I don't I don't know one at all. I, I you know honestly as I think about it the only one I know and it's not even a sitcom it's a reality show about uh which is actually kind of a cool concept. It's like Hot Wheels Mega Dreams or something like that. So anyways what they do is it on like, network television or is that on a cable channel? No, it's on network. It's on Channel 5. What we call NBC. Cable. NBC. Yeah. But anyways it's kind of cool so these big huge Hot Wheel collectors when they're adults now they were kids they get a week but and they find them a car. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a collection of virgins. Um, but it's cool. But they get a chance, and they get a design team, and they get a week to actually bring their dream Hot Wheel to life. So they have a real car. And I was like, it's actually kind of a that cool That sounds concept. like every other reality show I've ever well, seen. I didn't say, yeah, I didn't say it was anything different or good, uh, new. I just said it was cool. It's just around something much cooler than, you know, baking shows. I like baking shows. Julia Child? What's wrong Julia with Child? What did you... That's, a, that's been 50 years since I was on. Well, that was when TV was good. When was the last time WKRP <laughs> Cincinnati was on? <laughs> 40. Yeah. 40, so yeah, exactly. Part. It was a radio show. Oh, my goodness. All right. So, well, hey, let's take, a, uh, let's take a tour around Major League Baseball. Should we? Right. Yeah, we should. Will you be the tour guide? Yeah, I will. We're not uh, going in a submarine, are we? Ooh, <laughs> too, too soon, soon? Bro, no, too soon. Okay. will it ever be too yes. soon anyways yes. i'm sorry but that's a tragic story i feel yes. bad for him um so uh around the league uh alist alist seems he i can't even speak did you say alist alist what is the alist i think i said alist after that which it certainly isn't so in the alist tampa keeps doing what they've been doing all year yes that, they are that division that that, that division Everybody over 500. In fact, we were just talking over the, you know, as we were talking about uh, over the break there, uh, everyone in that division has a better record than the leader in the AL Central. Ouch. Everybody. When you say it. Dead last 12 and a half games out would be uh, one. They'd be a a game ahead of uh, the Twins in the AL Central. Crazy. The AL Central, well, that is a big celebration, you know, as we, as we continue to monitor the worst division in baseball, uh, everybody's at three uh, or uh, the, the AL central leader. The twins have got back to 500. So they are setting the pace for mediocrity, but you know, it's like a match play in golf. You don't have to be really good at golf to win a match play. You just have to be better than the guy you're playing or like the well, it's like when there's a lion chasing you. Exactly. You don't have to be the that. fastest. You just don't have gotta to be, be the faster. slowest. Just got to be faster than you. Absolutely. Uh, so over in the AL West, Texas continued to set the pace. Uh, Houston kind of – Houston's not as strong as they've been in the past this year. They seem very mediocre. Maybe they'll – Well, they don't, know what, they don't know what pitch is coming, so it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Are we still picking at them about that? Yes, because – Did they win a World Series last year? They, they did. 
But yeah, once a cheater, always a cheater. Oh, uh, you're terrible. I'm not terrible. They're terrible. The Angels are playing well again. Another another week of them playing well. Uh, they're fun to watch. I've been trying to tune in and catch as many games as them. Atlanta leading the NL East, starting to pull away a little bit. They've won eight straight, bro. Eight straight. I think they're the best team in the majors. In baseball? You think yeah, so? I Atlanta? Do. I do. All right. I can get on board with that. I think they're the most complete team in baseball. But you know who doesn't win the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best team, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. The Boston Bruins. Ooh, uh, even though that's NHL. Um, and then the big surprise in the NL Central is the surging Cincinnati Reds. Winners. You know, I'm I'm happy for them. Winners of 11 straight. They're five games over 500. That. Well, that's awesome that they're that, but it's a shame that it took eleven game, eleven game win streak to get over five hundred. Uh, if the Cardinals went on an eleven game win streak, we still wouldn't be over five hundred. They're gonna need Ugh. that seventeen game win streak thing again that they did in twenty twenty one. You mean with Mike Schilt? Yeah, the guy who's really good manager but got fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good that, luck, that guy. Well, you know. And then over in the NL West. Yeah, talk uh, about my Diamondbacks. Your boys, the Diamondbacks, 16 <clears> games <throat> over 500. <clears throat> um, but coming up from uh, the from the cellar, well, not they weren't in the cellar, but they were you know lower in the division, second second half of the division. San Francisco surgeon with a 10-game win streak, uh, and they are now only three back. They've overtaken the Dodgers for second place, and they are only three back. That's awesome. Yeah. So good for them, but um... – yeah, around the league. I just it's so tough for me to look at these standings and see St. Louis at the bottom. Yeah, so who's hot? And I mean obviously My wife. the Reds. Oh, good for you. Mine yeah. too. Ooh. Uh the Reds. The Reds are on are definitely on fire. On and, and fire. I think scorched earth. You you definitely tie this to Ellie De La Cruz coming up. Ellie May? Ellie May De La Cruz. Came in with a covered wagon. My goodness. They're eleven and two since he came up. I'd say that's probably him. Yeah. 11 and 2. He's hitting 308 with 898 OPS in the 13 games that he's played. How many bombs does he have? Uh, I think he's got three. Three? Yeah. Ribbies? Do you have that up? I okay. Don't I didn't know if you had it up. No. But he has really played well um, since his promotion from AAA Louisville, which used to be a Cardinal affiliation. Mm. Um, he just brought electricity. That guy is a, is a highlight reel every time he steps to the plate or in the field, too. I mean, he's just. You know, when he hits a routine short ball to Paul DeYoung at shortstop and then beats it out, the guy is exciting. Yeah, that's really, really fun to watch. And Especially then, good to see somebody run. Ollie Marmol would like him. He hustles, I guess. Yeah, because well, he, he, he holds himself accountable. Because he plays here. You know, if he, for those of you that can't see, which is everybody, because it's not a TV show, I'm doing my Ollie Marmol line of standard line. You don't play to that line. You don't play. Play to this line. Yeah, this line, that, whatever. He sets lines. Um, the Giants <laughs> as well, nine straight, nine straight wins. Uh, and with them, it's somebody new every night. I mean, uh, night before last, Jordan Peterson hit a walk-off. Uh, a couple nights before that, Yastrzemski with an extra innings walk-off. you say off. Jordan Peterson? Did I say Jordan? Yes, you did. I was like the, the lecturer, the Jacques. Canadian. That guy's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I like Jordan Peterson. I was like, I, I so actually was watching a video of him this morning, so maybe that's is that why. How about Jock Peterson? Jock Peterson is who I meant. Uh, I don't think Jordan Peterson can hit the curveball. You never know. He could probably break it down. He's probably good at hockey, though. Probably is. Well, are you stereotyping him? He's Canadian. Are you stereotyping? Yeah. him? Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
I bet he is, though. Um, but I can hear him talk about hitting a curveball. So the ball, as it curves, <laughs> you know, you've got to look to it, and you just, uh, you know, these things with absolute whatever he says. <laughs> I, I like Your it. Your accent was pretty good. There. You like that? Uh, it wouldn't be accent, but the inflection. I you like that? Yeah. Well, he's such a good speaker. You well have done. to listen well to him. Thank you. Um, but somebody different every night. You know, Peterson, Brandon Crawford's been really hot of late. They all also are an exciting team to watch, I, I think mainly from the standpoint of uh, everybody on that team is contributing. I think it's just Brandon Crawford's shiny hair. He, uh, he has glorious locks. Yeah, it's like Mike flow. Piazza. He is a, very much a mullet uh, aficionado. I am surprised Pert Plus has not gotten a hold of him to do a... I'm surprised shampoo companies don't look more to athletes. Remember they did that with Mike Piazza? Piazza did, yeah. I remember that one. He goes, Mike Piazza spends nine innings destroying his hair, then spends 90 well, seconds Paul bringing Amalu it back. Well, also had one, didn't he? He did, yeah, he, he did. Pert, wasn't he Pert? Pert Plus. Yeah. yeah. Never not working. Um, or was he Selson Blue? I don't know. We'll I don't, have to, we'll have to do some Troy Palomalo have dandruff? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're so, off the rails. So there's also, you know, we talked last week, we talked a lot about um, some of the hitters that were really tearing it up out there, but there's, there's some pitchers out there that are pitching really well as well. Um, I would, you know, somebody who really stands out for me on a team that is just fantastic this year is Shane McClanahan uh, over there with the Rays. Love that name. 11-1 and McClanahan. with a 2.12 ERA. So... You figure he gets another start before the midseason. I don't go to the All-Star break because the All-Star break isn't truly at the halfway point. It's past halfway point. But at the end of this month will be the halfway point. He gets another start. He might even get two more starts between now. I don't, I don't know where he falls in the rotation here coming up. But uh, let's say he gets two more starts, and he's 13-1 and one at the halfway point. You know, he's got a legitimate shot at winning well over 20 games, which – in this day and really? age is not common. No, it's it's really, really good. Yeah, I say he's 11-1, 2.12 ERA. How many innings? Um, he's at 89.1 innings. Yeah, so he's got a shot at 200 innings, legit yeah. shot at 200 innings. And he's walked 33. That's not bad. <laughs> Struck out 97. He's got a 1.10 whip. Um, I think his average hitting against is 201. Yeah, so they don't, they don't get to him. No. Right? No, and, they don't. And then over in the National League, a guy that I – I, I've talked about him before in regards to when we went after Steven Matz. Mm. Uh, is Marcus Stroman with the Cubs. Absolutely. 9-4, nine, nine 2.28 ERA, 1.02 whip. And his on-base, or his, uh, his opponent's batting average against him is 191. Yeah, that's pretty good. And he's on a bad team. Yeah, he's not on a good team at all. And, and he's doing this. It, these are some of the guys that are really standing out to me. You got any, anybody that you see uh, that's out there that's yep. really impressive? Framber Valdez. Leading the league Houston, in National mm-hmm. league in right? yeah, it's really weird though. He's up there. He's got a lot of good stats, but unfortunately, his uh, win loss record right now uh, is he's sitting at seven and five, but a two point two seven ERA uh, in fifteen games, um, ninety nine innings pitched already, ninety nine point zero. He's given up seventy eight hits, thirty runs, earned runs twenty five. So maybe that led to unfortunately five unearned runs for him. But here's what I like about it: he's only given up six home runs. Um, and C- what'd you say his ERA was? Two point two seven. Oh, very good. Yeah, and but listen to this: one hundred and four strikeouts and only twenty one walks. That's a great ratio. Yes, that's fantastic. With a WHIP of one point zero zero, opponents are hitting two seventeen off of them. So I mean, that's that's all uh, uh, really good, 
really, really good stuff. Marcus Stroman, like he said, uh, what about Bryce Elder, though, Atlanta, 5-1. and one. Not a lot of starts there, um, 240 ERA. But that's 15 Atlanta, games. you got to talk about Spencer Strider. That's, yeah. About, he's leading the major league in strikeouts. His ERA is a little bit high because he can give up the long ball. I think he's giving up 12 home runs. Uh, but he's, he's over 130 strikeouts. I mean, he's another one. He's got a So think about this. If he has two more starts before the end of the month, He's got a outside shot at 300 strikeouts for the year. When's the last oh, time somebody had 300 Ks in a year? I can't. I was it the Cubs you. guy? I couldn't tell you. Was it what? What the heck was his name? Why am I? Kerry Woods. Yeah. yeah. What did he have? Three? I can't remember. I don't know. That's a lot of strikeouts. So I have one though. I'm going to bring up one more, and it's going to be salt and an open wound for us Cardinal fans. Grant, he's not super high up there, but how about the season Michael Walker's putting together yes. out in San Diego? He is. He is uh, seven uh, and two. One of the few bright spots. Yeah. <laughs> Seven and two, two point nine zero ERA. Take that in today's baseball for sure. Uh, Eighty innings pitched, sixty two hits. He's given up runs twenty six, but um, he's only given up eight home runs. And um, no strikeouts aren't there like the big it's ones. Not, but 69. that's not what he does. He's yeah. never been a strikeout. Player. No, sixty nine. He's only walked twenty three, but uh, opponents are batting two oh nine off of him. Uh, and riddle me this: uh, he was a free agent over this winter. Yeah, so he could have definitely helped this. Rotation. Why do you think we didn't go after him? It's like once you're a cardinal, you can't come I, back. Yeah, I don't Is think. That... I don't know. I think he left under. There was a lot of acrimony when he left, and so I don't think that the probably didn't want to come him. back. And yeah. in, in Boston, he wasn't great. He was okay, but he wasn't great. But, but they, so maybe they didn't. Maybe, I don't think anybody saw this coming. They were going to pitch. Yeah, but AL East though, that's a tough division to pitch in. Sure it is. That's sure even is. worse now. And Boston, <laughs> Boston in itself, when you play half your games in Boston, that's not a pitcher's park. No, it is not. Um, what is it, down the, to right field line, 302, down by Pesky's well, pole? Yeah, it's short to right, but the big bigger deal in uh, in Boston is the Green Monster. Yeah, just I mean, to hit a fly pop, ball up the top. You pop doubles the top up. of that thing. Yeah. It's not very far at all. No, 315. Um, one other guy that, and I've talked about him, I don't know, a month ago when I talked about the Orioles, is their closer, Felix Bautista. 20 saves. Um, he's tied for second, or he's tied for second in the American League in saves. But his strikeout ratio is absurd. Yeah, this guy, crazy. 34 and two thirds innings, he has 69 strikeouts. Wow. It's still, and it, it was like that the last time we talked about him. It's essentially two out of every three that he faces, he strikes out. So if you just don't strike out against him, you're like, ah, chalk it up as a win. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. He is. <laughs> Brutal. Love Opponent's it. batting average is 133 against him. That's good. Shohei Otani. Have you seen his, though, still? Oh, yeah, yeah. Opponent's batting average, 179. He is. <laughs> Six and three. He is the complete player. Um, Real quick. Yeah. Who's going to win the Shohei Otani sweepstakes? I know we talk about it before, but any new. Nobody's going to win the sweepstakes because no team is going to. I can't see any team giving up. A, a, I'm talking about next year. Oh, for free agency? Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to sign him? Uh, well, I saw an article online that the Padres are the front runner, which is absurd to me. The yeah, Padres so they got Shohei Otano and Juan Soto with these huge contracts. And and Tatis yeah. and Xander Bogarts. And they're under 500. Yes. So that's a great segue. So it is. You are the segue. See what today. I do there? Yeah, you are amazing. Boom. So what's been the biggest surprises and disappointments this year? Well, in, in Major locally, I think well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no. St. Louis Cardinals, yeah. obviously, for there. But I don't think that's even a local. That's no, national. nationally. That's a, that's a huge disappointment. Number one, though, leading it has to be San Diego with the people that you just mentioned, even without um, Shohei Otani. They have, they have Juan Soto, Tatis, 
Bogarts, Machado. That team is loaded. Now, granted, Machado's been out a little bit. Tatis started the year on his suspension. Juan Soto started real slow. But this this team is loaded with talent. Yeah, and I don't understand why they're three games below 500 and nine and a half games back and five and a half of the wild card. I mean, you, you throw those names out there. I don't I – mean, huge disappointment. Like I said, I can't even finish the sentence, but I don't know why. It's just not – you would even think with those players you'd, you'd still be better than 500, maybe not a front runner, but you would still – just on athleticism and baseball talent alone play to over 500. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Is it, you know, clubhouse harmony or I, I don't know, but too many been, egos in the clubhouse when you have the that third many names. highest payroll in the major leagues, third highest payroll, um, <laughs> third highest payroll and under 500. That's yeah. not going to make the owner well, happy. Another one, the highest payroll in the major leagues is under 500 as well. The New York Mets. That is, I mean, a dumpster fire. They, remember, we talked about this last fire. week, and we and we were going to go go back and look. They are the highest payroll by sixty five million dollars over the Yankees, and they're <laughs> that is nuts. And they're fourteen games back in their division, and seven games back of the wild card. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So why why are they bad? And they're four and six in their last uh, ten, lost two in a row. Lost two out of three to us, the worst team in the National League, yeah. although we're not the worst team in the National League anymore. So they're a negative 15 run differential. Um, just just awful. Yeah. Awful. I mean, at least the Cardinals payroll isn't that much. Oh, wow, looking at this. You know what the Braves run differential is? They're plus 106. <laughs> They've scored 106 runs that they've given up. That's insane. So we, we talked about three, the Mets, the Potters, and the Cardinals. I will throw one other team in there. I would throw the, the Blue Jays in there. As a disappointment, because that's another, yeah they're in fourth. That's another team that's loaded with offensive talent, and they have some studs on the pitching as well. I mean, we yeah. talked we talked about the struggles of Alec Manoa a couple weeks ago, getting sent all the way down to spring training to figure yeah. out his mechanics. Has he figured he's anything out with that, I, or is he just know. bagging groceries with Kurt Warner at Hy-Vee? Uh, he might be, might but, be. You, but you've got Gossman there. I mean, they've got talent on the on the mound, and they've got a lot of talent. Uh, you reckon with offense. all these ball clubs, though, when you have that much talent and high-paid talent, it, it's an ego thing? And I think it's I think it's a, a really important that your manager is a knows how to control yes. the egos. Yeah. So would you say it's more important for a manager in the majors to, granted, obviously manage, but to get players ready to play 162 games and let uh, assistant coaches and handle the crybaby crap and bench coaches and just. The manager is the motivator, and then the decision maker on the field, and outside of that, let. I think all of it is. I don't think there's as many X's and O's as people think there is in uh, in Major League Baseball, right? With a team, I agree not with like that. football, right? I agree with that um, for sure. But I think there's a lot that goes into managing the clubhouse. I would one hundred managing agree egos. With that. I think that at the major league level, you do that more than you do anything. Um, yeah, and, and it's tough if you don't have it if you've never done it before. It shows quick. I think there's a there's a lot of guys out there who are really good at it. I would throw Bruce, Bruce Bochy out there. He is Bruce is one good. of the best. But on the flip side, so those were our disappointments. Who have been the biggest surprises? Uh, I'm going straight to Baltimore. I don't know that Baltimore was that big of a surprise because they had all this talent that they were expected to do. Well. But I think the way they, well, they let they me let me well last year. Let me rephrase the way how quickly they've done it i think they've been up and coming for a while but all of a sudden like something clicks speaking of maybe clubhouse manage it and yeah. not huge egos in the clubhouse uh maybe at this point what we know but i mean just off baltimore at 45 and 28 
that's a plus 35 run different run difference unfortunately you know tampa bay is probably the greatest baseball team uh, ever put together right now <laughs> and baltimore does still find themselves uh five games back of here's the, my uh, the so I would, I would throw tampa in there as biggest surprises because I, I mean they were good but we knew they were going to be good. We never going to be this good. Yeah, we didn't know they were going to be fifty-two and twenty-five good with a run differential of one hundred and forty-six. Um, but I'll I'll be very interested to see how that plays out for them. They're they are a team built on analytics, and analytics, as we've talked about many times, work out well over a over a long season because the law of averages plays. Right. But analytics Doesn't don't play well in short a four series. or five game series. It's just yeah. because it's not time for them to work out. So. Wouldn't that be a shame, though, if in two sports this year, like the two best teams just get wiped out in the first round? Yep. I, I mean, would. the Boston Bruins, just how dis- – man, could you imagine if you're a Boston Bruin fan? You probably assume you're just going Bas- straight to the cup. as well. It yeah. That was nuts. And then, I mean, the Miami Heat, that was uh, – well, that's another thing. So, I guess so. Like you said, you just got to get in there. But, no, yeah, that's a good what about one. Your, what about your boys? Hey, I'm getting there. Arizona. The freaking Diamondbacks. Hello. When was the last time the Diamondbacks were 16 games over 500? That's I. They're your team. You need to answer that. Sir. Well, I mean, it's been a long time. Like they, they didn't, even have, they didn't even have the internet back then. It has, it was like a dial-up connection. I think we it was during my the, father-in-law on here. My father-in-law's a Diamondback fan. He lives out in Phoenix. We yeah, him on here we should, we should bring him out. It had to be during the Reagan administration. <laughs> When Watergate was fresh and sure all that. sure they weren't around during the Reagan administration? Well, exactly. So that was the last time they were over. But no, that's a huge surprise. So they, you know, forty-six of thirty winning percentage of six uh, or six oh five, uh, five hundred in their last ten, but they're on a win streak and uh, they're a plus thirty-seven run uh, run difference. So and they're leading the West and the Dodgers, uh, leading the Dodgers by four. San Francisco, they we talked about a couple of minutes ago, um, by three and a half. So I hope they sustain it. I'd love to see them win the division and get out there. And I would love to see the Dodgers not make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm totally on board with uh, some new fresh blood winning divisions of being in the playoffs. I think we're seeing that in some of the other divisions as well. I think it's Texas. That's just good for the sport. 100%. It's it's good for me because I think it's good for the neutral fan that wants to see different teams there. Kind of like when you, you know, the last couple of years, we don't have to deal with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't want to see the Yankees. I don't want to see the Dodgers. I want to see. The, I do want to see the Cardinals. I know there's a lot of people out there who don't want to see the Cardinals, but of course, well, of course we're fans. But I would love in my lifetime though to see a Yankees Cardinals World Series. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be sweet. Um, some other teams out there that you know we talked a little bit ago about Cincinnati and what a surprise they are. But I think that's largely based off recent surge, and I think that they will come back to earth. Kind of like the Pirates did earlier in 100%, the year. And... Yeah, the Pirates took off and they were playing great, and they are you know not. So great. <laughs> no, they're four games under 500 with yeah. a negative run differential of 41. Man, so the Chicago Cubs though are the only team in the NL Central with a positive run difference. I know it, plus it changes 26. every week because last yeah, week it was crazy. the card or two weeks ago we talked about this. It was the Cardinals were the only team in last place with it. Yeah. Um, one, one other team 10. that's playing well that and they've been playing well all year is the Miami Marlins. What do you, yeah, I was going to, I just, that, you know, that's a segue to my point. What do you think about that? Skip Schumacher, manager of the year? I think he's got a real shot at it um, with a team. I mean, yeah, he's got talent on that team, but um, they're young. They'll always be young because they are a that's factory their, for everybody else. That's their, their model. Their model is produce young talent and then trade them off. 
So why wasn't Skip the next manager of the Cardinals in Olimar Mall, or is uh, that just a question to have at a different time? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, it's it's about succession planning, which they have in you know in, in place. Um, so so that's the you know the the surprises and the disappointments. Um, I would say another thing we could discuss is who who are the MVP leaders out there? Oh my goodness! Obviously, you know where I think you and I are in agreement uh, on this straight away. And I mean, if there was a complete um, MVP leader for the entire league, as opposed to American and National League, I mean, you know, I'm going to the Shohei, the great samurai. Um, yeah, yeah. I, sh- oh my god! Is, just, you know, why does Major League Baseball not have a MLB MVP like like football does? Right. Football has one MVP. Mm, I guess because you know they should probably do that now, since the league is basically the same, and there is the right. DH and all that. Yep. They should just do that. Hmm. That's a great. Hmm. If I was, if I was uh, the commissioner of baseball for a day, that's what I'd do. But American League, as it stands right now, Shohei Otani in American League, and you know, you can make a good argument right now, National League for Freddie Freeman was one. But um, I mean, he's just he's always there. The guy's like you said, he's a witch. But uh, also, you know, uh, Ronald Acuna from the. From the Boo Rays. Well, okay, I thought we were, we were going to go with the league. You're going to go with the league. I said, Shohei Otani's your AL guy. Yes, you 100. Yes, as of right now, you, you there's just there's there's not even a debate. I mean, your closest Ooh. debate maybe would be a Rosarena, but I mean that's not a terrible one. But I think a Rosarena would probably get more attention because of how good the Razor did. Well, winning. not more yeah, attention, but exactly they're winning. Yeah, I think uh, I think Marcus Semien will get some look out in Texas. They're winning as well. Uh, I think when he's healthy, Aaron Judge, when he comes back, I mean, he before he went on the IL, he was tearing it up. Um, I think that um, you'll lose votes out with uh, Rosarino. Will lose votes to Franco. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna pick up some votes for how valuable his defense is and his stick. Um, and then maybe Bobuchet. Uh, yeah, playing well. Together. I like uh I think Corbin Carroll too out in Arizona has a pretty good shot. He's yeah, their left fielder. Nationally. Corbin mm-hmm. Carroll's a great choice. So I like Corbin Carroll. So Corbin Carroll, the other thing is is your front runner for rookie of the year. Could you imagine getting rookie of the year and MVP in the same year? Happened, How many times is that twice? It's happened two times. The last time was in two thousand one, it was Shohei. Or I meant Shohei. Ichiro. Sorry. Oh. It was what? Ichiro in two thousand one, rookie of the year and MVP. What was the last time? That was the last time. No, last so who you said it happened twice. Yeah, the, before that it was Freddie Lynn in 1975 for the Boston Red Sox. Freddie Lynn. I would think it'd be somewhere like a Mantle or something like that. If I was just a you know guess, no. well, I guess because he wasn't very good as rookie year because he got sent back down or whatever. But when he came back up, did that count again as his rookie year? I can't remember. No, he, qualified the, he qualified. He qualified the first time. Okay. Um, that outfield that Freddie Lynn was on was filthy. You probably don't remember. It's way before your time. But you had Jimmy Rice in left field. Freddie Lennon center field. Did you say 75? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't born. Well, I was two. Well, so you um, don't remember it either. But I, as a historian, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, that outfield was – because I do remember all three of those guys when I was young, further along in their careers, obviously, because Dwight Evans stayed in Boston his whole career and was a unbelievable defensive player and then turned into a pretty good offensive player. Jim Rice was a Hall of Fame caliber outfielder and freddie lynn had he stayed healthy would have been a hall of fame caliber freddie lynn sounds like a porn star name he was amazing i'm not saying he wasn't i'm just saying his yeah, name is that 
tonight. Freddie Lynn highlights. Check him out. I will do that. But I'm excited about the one guy you said. His name is Dwight. I get excited about anybody named Dwight. Because <laughs> you could just go Dwight or D White. D White. D White. Um, D White. Dwayne. So nationally, Corbin Carroll, good choice. What uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is my guy. Yeah. He is the most exciting player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani right now. Or Ellie De La Cruz. I still think Acuna is more, you know, he's got a, he's got more of a sample size. So, and he's got, well, that, no, that's fair. fair. He's, you know, he's got 30 steals and 15 home runs right now. He is just a, a complete ball player. He's defensively, he is the five, he is the perennial five tool player out there in the baseball right now. You think Jordan Walker will get MVP votes next year if he stays healthy? Oh, I mean, we're way out there, but. That's, I, I'm just trying to think Maybe. of any any Cardinal that would it'd be nice to have a Cardinal back on the MVP. Uh, I still think Arenado will get looks. Yeah. Well, I guess we I just think he'll we get did. votes this year. Probably. We just had Goldie. What am I talking about? Gosh, we're we're all over the place. Um, I'm all over. You the place. said Freeman. Uh, I think another guy that may take votes away from uh, Acuna is Sean Murphy. Yes, catcher Atlanta. Yeah, he's having a great mm-hmm. year. Uh, but you know when you have two people having those great years on it, they they kind of take away. Is that the catcher the Cardinals should have got? <laughs> yeah, they wanted a lot more. You know, that wasn't a free agent signing. That was True. Yeah, it was so, a trade. But um, so, and then I guess there's you know Mookie Betts is out there as well. So I think him and as, as long as Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are out there together in LA, I don't think either one of them will win MVP because they'll keep taking votes away from each other. Yeah, they'll just they'll be counter counteractive as opposed to working together yeah. like two batteries or two magnets, positive and positive, pushing each other away. So if you're a betting man right now. You're gonna lay down a bet with DraftKings. Uh, who's your American League Shohei Otani? Yep. And who's your National League? Ooh, I'm gonna lay Corbin Carroll because it probably plays more. Because it probably pays more. Oh, you're thinking of it strategically. Well, yes. Yeah. But who's who's the favorite? Who do you think the favorite is? Uh, Ocuna. Ocuna? Yeah, Ocuna. Yeah. That Ronald Ocuna. Sorry, Ronald. Yeah, Ocuna plays left field. Ocuna plays For right who? field. The Dublin Swingers? Yeah, they're playing in uh, <laughs> Dublin Swingers. The Dropkick Murphys. He actually plays a ukulele. Uh, no, Ronald Ronald Ocuna Jr. Yeah, me there. too. I, I, exactly the same. I think those two are, are running away with it quite but I do want to just throw a vote in there for uh, the Tampa Bay's first baseman, uh, Yandy Diaz. Yeah, just because his name is Yandy. So I don't know if that's how it's give pronounced. Give him a 10th place vote. Yes. Good job. Just because his name Yandy. All right, so that's a uh, look around the league. We went right around the league, and it was fun. WKRP. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. Yeah. So let's take another break, and uh, yeah. we'll come back with What the Hell and All-Time Best. This is 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Woo! All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiance didn't show. Sometimes, Sometimes you want to go, go where everybody, everybody knows your name. Dun, 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 dun. And you're always glad they came. You want to be where... You- oh, wait. Are we live? Oh, hey, we're back. Because <laughs> you just sit around singing uh, songs from shows well, we really, were, really well. <laughs> we were talking about shows that weren't good anymore. You can't find anything good. That show. I cheered with a great show. Who also had a pitcher, Sam Malone, pitch for the Sox. Sam Mayday Malone. Sam Mayday Malone. That was a great show. And, well, and Coach was the other bartender. 
Oh yeah, coach was. Yeah, before Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, that's Woody right. Harrelson. The old guy, coach. Who, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was that, a great show. That was a good show. Yeah, we'll you never don't see remember a show that like show that. though. You were like, not when it was coming out live, yeah, but you I, saw it in I syndication. I did, and I've watched every episode, and it was great. That, but my so, favorite line from that is when you know George used to walk in. Uh, remember George? George went. Yeah, jo- oh, he would walk in. Norm. Yeah, Norm. Yeah, Norm. You yeah, can't say yeah, George because right, George, yeah, George Witt was his name. Yeah, George. You're just all in. over the place today. Yeah, shut up. Uh, it I'm must old. be hell getting old. old. <laughs> uh, when he would, he walked in and uh, somebody asked him, "What's shaking, Norm?" And he'd go, "All four cheeks and a couple of chins." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And I got one too. It was just with that because uh, you know Norm always had as a bar stool was always there on the right hand corner as you're viewing the screen yeah. and he gets up and goes to the bathroom one time and he comes back out of the bathroom and somebody's sitting in his bar stool so he fakes a heart attack and just falls down and everybody surrounds him and everything then he just pops right back but speaking of that what a great show that was a good show i thought the ending of that show the finale was pretty good everybody always gives critics always give finales like a really bad time i thought it was great the way they closed it you know what they most, read Norm's bar tab. <laughs> you know what most finales make you say? They make what you say, the "What the hell? hell?" Oh yeah, like what the hell? Like the oh Seinfeld book. What the hell? Oh my God, no way! <laughs> I don't know why I sang that. We dubbed that in anyways, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what do you got this week? So my what the hell this week is, um, it's gonna sound weird when I say it. Um, Joe Adele, right? So the singer? No, not Adele. That kind of Adele. Oh. Uh, so the Joe computer. Adele is a minor leaguer in the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, not the California Angels that I had said previously. The uh, LA Angels of Anaheim minor league system. He plays in their AAA team. Um, the other night, he hit a ball that <laughs> you had to see it to believe it. You should go look at this one. Five. Yeah. 514-foot home run. Was it a golf ball? What? What? Yes. Yeah. I think it was a baseball that had a top flight stamp on it. Many, it was How many yards is that? Unbelievable. I don't know. I was doing some conversion there. That's like Well, a, you just divide it by three, right? No, it's 3.1, actually. Oh. Well, uh, now you just... I can't figure out just so two. So it's like 160. I don't know, 160 yards. That's like a driver for you. Yeah. Thanks. Um... <laughs> So, hey, pretty soon the gold tees are coming so, up. For so, 514-foot home run <laughs> That's a bomb. in the minors. That's Earlier a bomb. this year, he's only had four at-bats. He has had four at-bats. I'm sorry, he's had four plate appearances, three at-bats this year at the major league level. And he hit a 448-foot home run, home run Wow! while he was up with the big club. Okay. Now, all that sounds great, right? It does. That's amazing. What's this guy's problem? Yeah, or so why, is this a, why is this a what the hell? My what the hell for this is this guy's been a prospect for a number of years with the Angels. This is not new. This isn't like some guy who just came up. He came up for one at, you know one game this year. Okay. He's been up parts of uh, several different years. 2020, he was up. 2021, he was up. 2022, he was up. And now he's up this year. So he's been around for a while. Yeah, so he's been coming up, but he hasn't been putting it together. I mean, his career... Um, Average at the major league level is 215. That's not good. And he's got 16 home runs at the major league level. So a guy with this kind of power, what the hell is going on with him where he can't put it together at the major league level? And I know it's not easy. No. But this is freakish power. <laughs> yeah. Big power. Crazy. You know who it reminds me of? Adam Dunn. Well, that too. I was thinking more along the lines of that movie Signs with uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson's brother, Swing Away Merle, who could yeah. never make it to have the bat. He goes, the strikeout record, all he did was swing real hard. What was his name? Yeah, Merle. 
Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. That's what. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, uh, you know, yeah. I'm perplexed by this, the, the amount of talent this guy has and he can't put it together. But. What position does he play in the he's, field? He's an outfielder. Okay. Um, but he's got, uh, he's got 93 career minor league home runs. And only, you know, he's been in the minors since 2017. That's pretty solid. Is he? Is, is the difference in pitching at the major? Well, obviously the difference in pitching from the minor league level and the major league level is pretty significant. But is it that significant? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's hitting, you know, this year he's hitting 284 at the, at the AAA level. Uh, OPS is 960. You know, and he's had a plus 900 OPS at various levels. I mean, twice at AAA. He's had it at at uh, single or rookie ball. He had a over nine hundred OPS. I mean, he's had those he's are, had success. Those are good numbers. Yeah, they're really good numbers. But with nine, what I'm concerned with with ninety three home runs in the minors is he the next Crash Davis? Oh, from the catcher from Bull Durham. Yeah, who set the minor league home run record? Yeah, with, I think it was like two hundred and forty seven or something. Well, Crash Davis did spend uh, three weeks in the show. Once. Once, yeah, spent three weeks in the show. I hope not because you just – when you get talent like – well, here's the thing. We could say talent. Okay, you have the ability to hit the long ball. We know that. I would be curious what his other offensive numbers are as far as singles, doubles, power rally, slugging, et cetera, et cetera. Not saying you don't have those in front of you right now, but yeah. the, ability, the ability to hit the long ball is, is awesome and power is there, but like how else – Well, I told you his average. I mean, oh, rookie sorry. Rookie ball, he hit 325. Uh, My bad. At, at A plus and at A and double A, all he played all of it in 2018. He played at all three levels. Does he just get nervous? Maybe and, and then he, just he had an 897 OPS. He had 290. He had you know uh, 20 home runs that year with 77 RBIs. I mean, the guy can hit. Does he just try to do too much? Maybe I at the big know. league level and just know. doesn't want to go back. Yeah, I don't know. What the hell, guy? Get it together because <sighs> I want to see more 500 foot home runs. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I want to see more 500 foot uh, nine irons for me too. I mean, I, I'll take that. That's. Yeah. I mean, well, all the best for him, but yeah, what the hell? Get that figured out. My God. I mean, mm, have you ever hit anything 514 feet, not a golf ball? Mm, no. Not a golf ball? No. No, okay. So you've never seen, like, things being thrown. So I'll give you – you know, I used to play pretty high-level softball in the Air Force. That's not even a thing. We played – it, mm. it is, sir. Uh we played in Canada. Whatever. One I threw you a ball for a double play in the city base championship at Fort Sam Houston, and you didn't even make an attempt to get it. Because you threw it in the sun. Well, can I didn't put the sun there. Can, we, can I finish my story? Yeah, but now, um, I'm, now I'm bitter about that. So uh, we played this, the, the all Air Force team uh, got sent to Canada. In, Ooh, Canada. Yeah, this was nice. in 1998. Um, we had won the, the Armed Forces Championship the year previously, so every summer on 4th of July they sent – uh, the Air Force program sent us somewhere to go play is kind of like a it's like a PR thing. Yeah, sure. Recruiting, um, so stuff they sent like us that. to Canada. Yeah. We played in this tournament called the PIF. And this tournament um, was pretty, it was like an elite tournament. There's only 20 teams in the in the tournament. It was played on a, a big baseball stadium. Uh, it was in Laval, Quebec, Canada. Nice. And it was funny because it was all French. No English being spoke there. And they were announcing, they were announcing in French. We had no idea what they were saying. But what was, somebody hit what was your name in French? Simpson. <laughs> but when they would, uh, like our, fr- our our shortstop's name was Joel Obman, they would car- announced him as Joel Obman. Nice. Um, but when they'd hit a home That's run, sexy. they'd say, wee oui, wee, oui, bye-bye, sickly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but the balls that were being used that year, and you know how there's Yeah, the cores. cores and sure, the, yeah, sure. That. These were 50 core top flights. They were made by top flight, the balls. 
Did anybody want to play the corners? No. Okay. And you definitely didn't want to be on the mound. No. They were hitting missiles with these things. I, I tell you what I saw. Those balls were so hard. I've never seen so many bats collapse in, in softball. The there, bats would just cave in. Oh, there was there was a team we were playing. This is when the – What was uh, the hot bat back then? Inertia. Inertia. So the, inertia. Came, well, I mean, that time you had the Mikan was hot, the original Mikan. Um, you had the PSD was hot. So like no more TPS, uh, like we go. But Mike and Mike was the big one, I think, that year. Yeah. But uh, but I remember specifically, team we were playing a team out of Minnesota, and Craig Ludwig, who played for the North Stars, yes, was on that team. Oh God, he was the catcher, and they they were Couldn't sponsored move around by much Inertia, and I think Inertia was a TPS bat, I believe, and uh, they were literally pulling the wrapper off of it, hitting this fifty core ball that was like five twenty five compression. I mean, it was just ridiculous how hard it was. And the bat would crumple. They'd throw it to the side, open another one, pull the wrapper off. Of it. it was unbelievable. That's crazy. Those guys may have hit some balls 500 feet that day. I, That's why I brought it up. I would think so. I would think so. That That is crazy. But, you know, speaking of softball, TPS, I remember watching my dad and his friends play that uh, the black and yellow TPS. By black L- Max? I, I don't know what it was called. Oh, I was black a kid. and yellow. The, it was the, the black and yellow. The, the black and yellow Louisville Slug. Yeah, but it said TPS. When they'd hit that ball, it would just go ping. It yeah. have that just not the dead sound. It would just have that ringing, yeah. ringing, bing. So anyway, what's your nice. what the hell? Good what the hell. I'm you know sometimes as the listeners and you like uh, you know sometimes I like to venture out of baseball and do just random life stuff. But I am staying in baseball this week yeah. because I saw something the other day that reminded me of yesteryear. <laughs> yesteryear. Yesteryear. Yeah, we're gonna get like all. Um, yesteryear sounds like old west stuff does or maybe like i'm reading a story around the holidays with yeah. a fire in the background when i'm reading the <laughs> night before christmas or something like that so but what i saw it made me happy i saw uh so uh davy martinez manager for the washington nationals yeah. um a couple Former days major ago. league ball player good mm-hmm. ball player too what's a good ball player you have to be a ball pl- good ball player the name like davy martinez it just sounds good but uh, in the game against the uh, home game against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, I guess the strike zone wasn't as good as uh, or consistent as he would like, which seems to be the theme from about every other major league game this yep, year. 100%. So he's jawing back and forth, and then he finally gets he finally gets tossed, and <laughs> so after he gets tossed, you know, he gets his money worth or money's worth, and Davey's kind of a he's not old school, but he's older still likes to get his stuff in there. So he just he. <laughs> He has an animated uh, ejection, which yeah. is good after that, or animated argue after he's ejected. And there, he gets down on his hands and knees <laughs> behind home plate, <laughs> and there's a picture of the umpires looking over him, like standing over him, and Davey Martinez looked like he's doing an army crawl, not like the uh, uh, the guy from the minor league and the Diamond ba- or the uh, yeah. Braves. Yeah. But he's on his hands and knees, laying there just on his stomach, and he's like framing a pitch. <laughs> just, just got real, real dramatic and real uh, – uh, theatrical uh, with it, which, you know, so my, my what the hell is, is what the hell, why is there no more, or I didn't say that right, but, you know, why is there more no more, like, great ejections, like Lou Pinella so hat throwing. what the hell happened to. Right, to what great? the hell happened to, like, or was it Lloyd McClendon? Oh, yeah, yeah he bag, was good. Right? Earl That's Weaver, nice. Lou Pinella took the bag, the hat throwing, just all this stuff, just really letting the umpire know that they blew it. You threw me out of the game, but now I'm just – now I'm going to create a, a scene because you were that bad the guy before. So, because you see now, like, when Marmol gets tossed, he just turns around and walks away like a little <laughs> Bia. 
But um, I mean, once you're done, okay, here we go. Um, yeah, they can't throw you out twice. Yeah. I mean, you may you may get fined or suspended. Right? Yeah. So what? I mean, get it out there because it's just funny. Yeah. Like I mean, there were some. You know, I grew up watching the I or Earl baseball Weaver. Day, Earl Weaver. Yeah. You know, who would turn his hat around backwards so he could get closer to the umpire and get and and Earl Weaver was about five foot six. <laughs> yeah. He was tiny, so he was looking up at everybody. Um, Weaver was great. Pinella was great. Lou Billy was Martin good. would lose his mind. Um, yeah, these Billy are Martin all, would. you know. Larusa La lost his mind a couple of times, but not a, not to the extent of these guys. But, well, he's a lawyer, so. Well, that's true, but so he'd kill him with facts. Right. But I think though, what you were going to say, I, I might know where you're going with. This. Well, I mean, have you <laughs> I, have you seen Wally Backman? I have seen Wally Backman, in his episode of uh so when he was a so wally backer for those that don't know really good second baseman for the mets so uh, hard nose yeah hard nose yeah, player would break out double plays yep. you know back in the 80s for the uh not the miracle mets i was like but won the world series yep. played uh you know right next to keith hernandez like you said in the break we were talking about but uh he was a coach for this uh team i think it was it was some sort of pro ball i can't remember what league but the i think it was called the south georgia peanuts and so you can YouTube them. It's called Playing with Peanuts. And all you got to do is just type in Wally Backman Ejection. There's like seven or eight of them. <laughs> and they're, they're great. They're completely mic'd up. I can't quote what he says on here. Yeah, there'd be a lot of bleeps. A lot of bleeps, uh, a lot of F-bombs. But there's one to where, in particular, it lasts about five minutes. So it's a balls and strike call. And Wally's mic'd up during all this. And he tosses the player, and then Wally comes out to figure out what he says. The umpire never tells him what he says, and he ends up tossing Backman. And then it just goes. And then it's just five minutes of pure entertainment. Chaos. So after he's done, he goes back to the dugout, throws out every piece of equipment onto the field, balls, bats. And he even got to the point to where, because Wally's team was batting, uh, the peanuts were batting, got to the point to where the opposing team's catcher is standing close to the to home plate, and you hear Wally say, catcher, get out of the way. And yeah. then the, he just starts chucking bats. To, get out of and the way. The best catcher. part about that is he's like, you know, normally when you see somebody do that, they grab like the whole set of bats and they yeah. chuck them out there. Yeah. He's throwing one at a time. Yeah, just whipping them out. Individually. Individually. And then after he's done. Kind of casual, too. Yeah, just nice. And it's a nice flip. It was good for him. But as he's done, you know, he goes, pick that shit up, you dumb MFers. But the greatest part about that one is the guy. How named, it ends. How it ends. Is the, guy, the guy was playing as like Doc something or other. And at the end, you just hear him mic'd up still. He goes, come on, Doc, let's go get a beer. <laughs> it just shows him walking out of the Oh, my God. Stadium. Those, those Wally Backman videos oh. are super entertaining. Classic entertainment. Because, you know, I've always wondered what actually gets said between umpires and managers and how much actually is uh, about the call. And then they just bring up stuff from, yes, you know, the yeah. past. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff. But, you know, Sherry always tells me everything. Good friend of the show. Uh, um, Sherry, she always, I've, we've always talked about if, if I would be a manager, you know, how bad I would blow up. And she goes, oh, you'd get ejected so quick. And then you would just, she knows, she's seen my temper when it comes to sports before. She goes, you would just fly off and then that would be the end. You'd have to unscrew you out of the Yeah, and then you'd probably turn around and look to the crowd and start pumping them. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like a pro wrestler. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, most of those ejections and, and losing your mind moments come off of blown calls by umpires. Yes. So today for all time best. Was I mean, that a segue? Really, Did you was. just take my segue? Y yes. I you did, know what? Sir. Good for but you. you. But you set it up and I just hit it out of the park. Like a softball. Much like was it that. a TPS with one of those top flight? It was hard. No. Ping. Ping. Um, 
so you know it's we call it all the segment all time best but this isn't really all time best this might be all time worst or you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> do we have to play the song you're never gonna get the call right you're the worst <laughs> oh all uh, right so, yeah so we're gonna do all time best all time worst blown calls in baseball Oh my gosh! What do you got, man? Uh, well, do we want to? No. Well, I think we'll just we can agree on number one. We'll talk about that when we get to number. Yeah, we'll agree on that one. So, um, I'm gonna go with. uh, I couldn't get the umpire's first name, but I know his last name is Coble. C O B L E. I think is how you pronounce it. Anyways, I'm going back to the 1991 World Series. Braves and well. Twins. I think the best World Series, maybe that's top that for a, one time, best World Series. Oh, I yeah, think that's the best one. World Series. Ever. Yeah, that was a great World Series. But anyways, this Do probably was – uh, I remember watching it. I don't remember the specifics because I was only seven at seven the time. Seven-game series, five games decided by one run. Oh, that's just great baseball. Mm-hmm. And maybe this this would have been a, a different outcome for one of the games had, had Ron Gant not been pushed off of the base – so uh, off of first base and to be tagged out. So what happened was um, I was watching some of the play. I can't remember who was playing first base. Kent Herbeck. Thank, that's it. Thank you. Um, significantly bigger than Ron Gant. Now, let me tell you about Kent Herbeck. You go right ahead. Big fella. Kent Herbeck is a, a native Minnesotan. From He's a hometown boy from Minneapolis. All right. Uh, he's about hunting. Uh, the morning of game seven before the, of the World Series that day, he went duck hunting that morning. I like him already. Uh, he's a good he's a good old boy and he one of the things he always wanted to be was a professional wrestler. Oh god. So that kind of ties into what you're about to talk <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. So, anyways, um Gant as uh, a single, uh, he made a big turn around first base and then there's a kind of a snap throw just how big his turn was. Gant's clearly back to the base on time, but he, he said Kent Herbeck. Yeah. Yeah, Herbeck has the ball and then just basically pushes Gant off the I base. He kind of pulled him. He was pulling well, him yeah, towards him and he was but I think he was just trying to grab him to get his balance. He was falling off balance, mm-hmm. and he grabbed onto Gant because Gant's a big, stout guy. So he figured he could hold him up. He pulled him off the base. I, so, anyways, I didn't see it that way because I was rooting for the for the. So the I'm gonna get you to look at through it through neutral eyes. <laughs> and so pulls him off the base. Gant pulls off the base, and then Gant's called out by uh, this umpire Coble when you can clearly Drew, for those Drew Coble was his name. Drew Coble. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, just yanks him off the base, calls him out, and that's just played. Uh, that that's terrible. You what would be interesting to know is after that call, because I can't remember it, um, the all-time leader in manager ejections is Bobby Cox, who, I think was got, the, who was the manager of the Braves. Pretty sure he got tossed after that one, <laughs> if he was still what in the, the game. What are the odds-on favorite? You know, uh, I'm going to go better than over-under on that one? Uh, extremely. Vegas won't even cover it. <laughs> so that that's my number one. It's like you've got to see when uh, somebody was – so well, that's not your number one. That's just no, not first. my number one. But that's just one uh, in general. But there's a if you don't talk about, cause I don't know what you're going to pick. If you don't talk, to, remind me. There's an honorable mention uh, on well, a bad a couple, call. There's a couple that involved the Cardinals and your favorite player. So that's a that one was or, so the one we're talking about just now with Herbeck and Gant. So that's a non-call, or is, I guess we could say the call. Well, is, they called him out is, when it was clearly the call was he pulled out. A, the non-call was they didn't call interference on the first right. Man. Right, right, right. Yeah, so bad on that. All right, so I'm going to go uh, – boy, there's there's several, and I think you might you – can, you can cover the, the big one with the, for the Redbirds. Um, but you about, were alive during that one. Yeah, how about Jimmy Joyce? 
Oh. On Armando Galarraga's perfect game. That was more sad than anything. It was. It was just, it was so, so sad. So well, tell the listeners what happened. So for those Armando Galarraga, you know, a perfect game, which has only been 13. Of, well, hold on. We did this stat before. There's, there's been 15. Um, and it's debatable with two of them based on some of the rules in early in early baseball. But right. throwing a perfect game, he's got 26 guys in a row out. Uh, 27th guy comes up, hits a routine ground. Well, would not routine, but it, it was, was a, kind of a tough play. It was a little bit of a tough play for Miguel Cabrera at first base. He ranges to his right, makes the play, spins perfect feed to Colorado, covering it first, who beats the uh, runner by a step. Clearly, clearly beats the runner by a step. Everybody in the park saw it. They started the celebration for the perfect game, uh, and Jim Joyce, the first base umpire, calls him safe. And yeah, and it's so sad because Jim Joyce has gone down in baseball as one of the best umpires and a super nice guy. Yeah, and he's but he he's done so many World Series. I mean, he's he's really been good. For those of you that don't know who Jim Joyce is, he was the umpire that had the huge handlebar mustache and the just really aggressive strike call behind the plate. I mean, his strike call was a good... Demonstrative. It was really long. It was, and it lasted like two <laughs> seconds. Maybe that not high pitch, but you knew when Jim Joyce was... Yeah, there was behind. no debate on whether it was a ball. It's like, was that okay, strike? Yeah, but so that was, you know, the, probably like, if you see the video, it's Miguel Cabrera's reaction tells it everything. Well, Miguel Cabrera grabs his crotch right before that because he adjusted his yeah, cup and he, he throws oh. his hands up and then throws them down and you can just see the clear heartbreak that, that he feels wow. and you know all class uh the next day galarraga brings the lineup sheet out and jim joyce is at there and he he's apologizes and the guy's in tears yeah he feels so bad about it that was that was i really liked about jim joyce too he even apologized after the game he knew he made the wrong call and then if you watch the ending of that jim leland the manager of the tigers at the time just lights into him and jim joyce could have easily walked back to the umpire's room but he stood there and just took it because he knew he screwed up but the worst part is replay was next year the following year the replay would have come back and it clearly would have been um, that. But I mean, like I said, the best part about that, if it was, is just Jim Joyce to me was an example for umpires to actually own grace under fire. I screwed it up. You know, that's 100% my fault, but he, I don't know why he saw it. You never know what's going through the guy's mind, Jimmy but in Leland, that situation, I, I would have been a fly on the wall to hear what Jimmy Lee was. That's another guy that could get his money's worth yeah, on an ejection and, and smoke then, a lot of cigarettes. And then go fire a heater down. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> But great baseball minds. But, you know, like I said, and it was really just, like I said, bizarre that it came from Jim Joyce. If Had that been Angel Hernandez or C.B. Buckner over there or Todd Tishner or Ron Coppola, sure, go right ahead. I'm expecting that. Like I said, but Jim Joyce was always usually pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, it was out of character. But I guarantee, had it been C.B. Buckner, Todd Tishner, any of those guys, not not have apologized. They would have stood behind it, all that stuff. And. But uh, in my mind, everybody, the cool thing is with replay now or, you know, the way the road is, it'll major league baseball should step in and change that to a perfect game. I don't care what happens. Everybody, everybody knows he was out. That should go down as a perfect game. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. And maybe Rob Manfred could do something like that. So great call uh, on that one. So I'm going to go, I don't remember the exact year. I think it was 1986. You can help me on the year. This is kind of a weird one, though. Everybody knows the George Brett bat 
tirade. Oh, no, that was earlier in 86. Was it early in 83? Yeah. It was like, yeah, 83, 84. So he hits, the, 83. he hits the home run off Goose Gossage, uh, you know, and so they suspected, I think Billy Martin was the manager of the Yankees at the time. Correct. They suspected that his bat was illegal and had too much pine tar on it, obviously. Yeah, they had identified that uh, way earlier in the year, because I believe this was in August or September. Yeah, so it was later, happened. yeah, when the Royals but were actually, I think, the decent. Year, they had identified that he was using a bat that had too much pine tar on it, and so they kept this in their back pocket until, until it, was it mattered. So he hits, uh, I think they were tied. The game was tied. He hit a solo shot in the ninth. Mm-hmm. They come out. Billy Martin and the Yankees managing brings this up to Tim McClellan, which <laughs> we'll get to him. Um, and so, you know, they use the plate as a measuring device. Which is the right call. Right. It's 18 inches. And so at the rules of that time, as I looked up, you could only have um, inches. 16 inches. Oh, at 16? that time, you could only have 16 inches of pine tar uh, on the bat. But they deemed that yeah, George Brett had 24 inches oh. of pine tar. And they said the rule was, though, it had nothing to do with you know the ball being gripped. It was throwing it. If we had to field yes. it with the sticky stuff on there. But if I was a pitcher, I'd be like, give me more pine tar. Fine. I'm not going off the saying the call was right. So they called him out. George Brett goes crazy. has an aneurysm. Oh, it's a great oh, it's a great just comes sprinting time. out of there. Losing his shit. Yeah, completely. that is the definition. I think he actually pooped his pants after that, <laughs> which was really weird. But anyways, I'm not going back to that. So that call was right. Right. I'm talking about a blown call. They reversed the call 25 days later. Well, it went through a whole process. It went through a whole process. So anyways, they reversed it. And the Blue Jays, or Blue Jays, the Royals and the Yankees both lost an off day and replayed that half inning yep. 25 days later, and the Royals ended up winning. So, I yeah, mean, that's just... The, the, they reversed it, the home run counted, so they yeah. basically just finished the top. They had day. to finish, so, I mean, maybe that's not even a bad call. It's just like, my what the hell on the blow, not even what the hell, but yes, it is. I'm throwing a what the hell on this, so if you made the call, you stick by it, and then they change it. 25 so the blown call is the rule was clearly stated that it could only be 16 inches you had 24 why the reversal of the call why make them play yeah, it out so again the major league baseball commissioner ruled ruled agreed with the overturn and ruled for the overturn because of intent the intent of that rule is really what that that rule is about is getting pine tar on baseballs and then you have to throw baseballs out oh i get that sure i understand that the batter at all okay but you change that rule next season and the call stands as it is so like i said tim mcclellan made the right call right then and there but i mean how bad though how bad a look is that for the major league baseball the uh commissioner to go against the umpires yeah and that was really the right that was the big story that they went against i wish they'd do that more often well, no. Well, of course not. Now they got the union. Well, I'm sure they had the union back then. But if they did that more often, freaking Angel Hernandez would be, well, maybe he'd be doing other things. You know what was funny about that is um, as they finished that game 25 days later, Brett did not get to finish that game. He watched it from an airport in New York because didn't know that. he had been ejected. <laughs> so he couldn't even go to the game. Like, so here's my That's point. That's awesome. Well, my point is this. Why did they not change that as well? If he would... If he was ejected, oh, call, yeah, then the ejection should have been reversed. The ejection should have been thrown oh, out as well. Yeah. But he wound up watching it with, like, the traveling secretary for the Kansas City Royals. Costanza? At a bar. George Costanza? Yeah. So there's, on MLB.com, there is a mockumentary about this. So the Did mock- you say mockumentary? Yeah, it's, it's not a true documentary. So it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a spoof that there was a 
director making a film called, I think called like Pine Tar Wars or something, Tar Wars, <laughs> about that incident. And then this is the filming of, of them making the that movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just a total spoof. It's about a 30-minute show. It's, I am it's great. excited about that. Yeah, I am really super good. excited. That's so. a great one. Yeah, that was. There's so many great things that happen in baseball. That's why it's the best sport ever. I my next one is uh, is 1985, Orioles and Yankees American League Championship Series. Uh, okay. Four to three Orioles in the bottom of the eighth. Rookie Derek Jeter at the plate hits a long. You said 85. 95. I, I thought you said 85. No, I said if I just said 85, I didn't mean it. I said 95. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this so one. He hits this long fly ball to right. Yeah. Tony Tarasco goes back to the fence. He's waiting at the fence, uh, gets ready to leap up, and a young fan leans over the left field wall or right field wall and catches the ball and pulls it in. Right? Yep. Clearly, clearly reached out over onto the playing field. That dude field. was three or four feet. Yeah, it was a lot. And Tarasco, I don't know if Tarasco would have caught it, but it definitely was in the park. Yeah, it was no gonna it was gonna hit the off the top of the wall, probably yeah. a double, maybe a triple, but it wasn't yeah. gonna be a Tarasco home run had for a sure. shot at he it. He did. But I don't he I don't think he the makes park. the play. It, so so they take the lead on this because I mean, and remember this is the American League Championship series, so there's a right field umpire. The umpire was line. yeah, standing right, right there. Field, and he signals circle for home run. Um, so the young guy's name was Jeffrey Mayer. He went down in history, kind of like, uh, old Steve Barton over there in <laughs> Chicago. Um, well, although Jeffrey Mayer went down, uh, as a hero, Steve <laughs> Bartman went down, just went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just went um, down. <laughs> so, yeah, Richie Garcia was the right field line umpire who made the call, so it was a home run. Again, no replay at that time, because that clearly would have been overturned. Yeah. It wasn't even close. Um, Yankees won that game and went on to win the World Series that year. So, do you think? Well, there's no way to replay out what would have happened because what is it? Fan interference is the batter automatically out if it's still no, in play, think, or is it just a single? No, I think that would have been a ground rule double. Ground probably yeah, a ground rule double because it wouldn't. Yeah, but because there's no way to determine. But I'm not. That, you said that was Game Six. Uh, or well, yeah, I, I think it was. No, it was. It was a significant part in the series. I do remember yeah, that. I, I was. I remember. I was watching that live. Right where I was at. Yeah, I was watching that live. I was not in New Mexico. I was in uh, Illinois, um, watching that. But yeah, that was a good one. That was just a botch. Huge implications um, on that call. So that was a uh, that was a very very good one. So I'm going back though. Uh, my second one. I'm going to the 1999 American League Championship Series involving yet again. The New York Yankees. Only this time, I'm uh, um, the Boston Red Sox are playing, and I don't know if you remember a New York Yankee second baseman by the name of uh, Charles Knobloch. Some yeah. people call him Chuck Knobloch, who also was on the 1991 Twins in the aforementioned oh. series. It was his rookie year. He was rookie of the year. Oh, nice, good for him. What I'm not going to talk about though is Chuck Knobloch's three errors in one inning. Mm. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch later in his career had a little difficulty throwing the ball to first base. Yeah, that was not, that's not a good thing. No. It almost makes it kind of like Rue Baker from Major League Two, yeah, the catcher 100%. who could do it back. Steve Sachs anyways, went through that as well. It happens. I'm going with the phantom tag. He missed it by a lot. It was five feet. The stat cast did a breakdown on how close. So for those who don't know, I think there was a, there was a ground ball hit up the middle, a little or not up the middle, but to second base, and it was slowly hit. So Knobloch has no play at second for a forced. To, uh, you know, to turn to. So he just reaches out his glove 
in an attempt to to tag the runner. Smart play at the time if you right. can get it done. And then go ahead and throw the first. Um, unfortunately, Knobloch was back five feet from the baseline that the runner, I can't remember who the runner was at the time, um, for the Red Sox. So he just reaches out, um, probably something like, <laughs> look up. And the positioning of the second base umpire at the time was just so, he was screened. I have no idea where this guy was standing, but Knobloch, like I said, reaches out his arm. Jose Valentin. Oh, thank you. Reaches out his arm. He's not even close. I mean, it's the distance is from me to you as we're sitting in the of listeners who don't see us. It's we're, a lot. I got the I picture mean, up right now. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> far away. Umpire calls him out and then they turn it up a play. Uh, it's not even close. It's I mean, Wally Backman would have gotten that's not even close. They, I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible call. I don't think that was Tim McClellan on no, that it was, one. Uh, it was um it was Tim who? Tim Tashita. Tim Tashita. What is it with Tim's and being bad? But as I mean, it was so bad. That was so, a bad call. They, they the one thing I would say is that it didn't really have an impact on the game. No, but it was it, a nine two game. But so. still, just a terrible call. You don't want to be known for that, that call. Bad. That's not even close. Not even close. That's like walking into a bathroom to go, you know, urinate, and then just like you got the urinal there, and you just pee on the divider wall. That's how far <laughs> off it was. That, I mean. It's a, a weird comparison there. But it, did you like that? Nice visual. watch. <laughs> hey, so um, so let's let's wrap this up with what I would you know, I think we both agree is the worst call of all time. I wasn't alive during this time. You were alive. I was watching this game. Do you? So I was in Alton, Illinois. So for all our Cardinals fans, and this by the way goes down as the worst call of all time in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think everybody knows that we're talking about our good friend Don Don Dinkinger, oh nineteen eighty five. God. Game six, World Series. So, how did you feel watching that game and uh, watching that call? Yeah, I it was, it was so to set the scene. Uh, ninth inning. Uh, George Orta leads off the the inning, uh, hits a ground ball to the right side. Todd Worrell covers down, uh, takes the flip. Tags, he, he runs to first base, taps the top of it with his foot. Kind of a similar bang-bang play as the uh, Galarraga Jim yeah, Joyce. Yeah, a little uh, bit, yeah. yeah. So, it, by, a, by a large margin, he's out. Yeah. Um, and Don Dinkinger calls him safe. Would that have been the third out of the inning? Or was no, it, no, it was the first. Okay. It was Liz leading off the inning. Now, what, what a lot of people don't talk about, and even though that was the worst, you know, everybody, I think it's been voted many times the worst call in MLB history, the Cardinals – didn't help themselves. In that, no, after in that, that inning. And Jack then Clark, game seven, they got smoked, That's right? a whole other animal. Jack yeah. Clark, but in that top of that ninth, uh, Jack Clark dropped a foul ball. Uh, another would have been another out. Um, there were some miscues, and, and then, you know. But uh, everybody, I've heard everybody blames that call oh, yeah, on the implosion. It set the tone, it set yeah. tone for the inning. And, they, I mean, they lost their shit completely arguing, and then it kind of boiled over into the next day, game seven, right. they got beat 10 to nothing. Walking Andohar got thrown out yeah. of the game for arguing balls and strikes because Dinkinger was behind the plate in game well, seven. Well, of course he was. Why wouldn't he be? Andahar went into the clubhouse and punched a fan and tore up his hand. I mean, it was just it, it went bad. It so do you really think bad. do you think Major League Baseball though should have not let um, Don Dinkinger ump game seven behind the plate in the World Series yeah, after that? What a bad call that is. Yeah, was, I mean even that one too. It's like, hey Don, we're gonna take you out of town because that was pretty bad. Yeah. So I, you know. Obviously, everybody who was a Cardinals fan felt completely robbed at that point. My uncle was there. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he was at the game. So he went to that game. He's told me the story. My uncle's obviously older than me. So they went to that game. They were out of college, you know, had some money, whatever, that nosebleed. And they're like, okay, you know, they're going to come back because they figured they were going to win and stay in St. Louis or party. So then they stayed for game seven. And then he goes, just, that was a big mistake. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, just all time. Unfortunately, it affected the Cardinals. Uh, and unfortunately, Don Dickinger just uh, passed away. Yeah, rest in peace. A Don couple. Dickinger. Yeah. Um, but. but. Good umpire, though, long-storied career, just unfortunate that's what he's going to be known as or known for. He went on and, you know, he umpired uh, a number of World Series. Yeah, good umpire, good numbers. It's just, like I said, just unfortunate. But um, also, too, well, the dogs are barking, I'm sure, if people could hear. I have no idea where Sherry's at. But the good news is is we're we're at this is the end. My only friend. The doors? The end. Yeah, so that's it this week. Yeah. Uh, good show. It was good. good. I enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back in a week here on 90 Feet Apart yeah. with Chris and Kyle. It should be right before the 4th of July holiday, should so we be. might have a break in between there. I know I'm going to the lake up in northern Missouri. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. We're hopefully blowing shit up. Yeah, well, we're out in the country, so we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you can do it naked. Right on. <laughs> Actually, do it in your tidy whities I don't know. Sorry. Good. Sorry. Good for you. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. All right. We will see you in the next episode. Sounds good. This is 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Boom. We're out.